Good afternoon. This is Sharon Smother with Top Coach Life, and I'm here today with a really, really dear friend that I'm coming to cherish very deeply uh -huh. as we get to know each other and talk more. She's becoming one of my heart people, and this is Sue Vasquez, and we're going to chat just a little bit about anxiety today. She's got some questions, and hopefully I've got some answers that'll be meaningful and helpful and applicable. I like practical application. Um, I live in that world a lot. So it's just the two of us, and uh, there's two puppies in here today. You might see them up on our laps. Um, that's who she's petting. She's not rubbing the floor. <laughs> so thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Sharon. Hey. <laughs> so uh, what we were kind of talking about anxiety, mm -hmm. which seems to, is that like the most talked about um, thing in therapy, probably no. most coach. Yeah, but it's, it's very like, common. Maybe just in my life. That's it, the it's a, so anxiety is like a really common uh, part of a lot of mental health needs. Mm -hmm. So even you know, if you think of somebody diagnosed with depression, anxiety is a component of struggling with that. So it it's a really common thing to address. I think more and more in my career, I've noticed in recent years because I I feel like. Um, we live in a pressure cooker kind of world mm -hmm. a lot. So I think there are things that didn't used to feel stressful. Uh, and it's almost like the easier life becomes or the more we have things that help us do things more efficiently, the more we expect we should produce and do. And we mm -hmm. just keep until we're hamsters on a wheel almost. So it's, yeah, it's pretty common. So it, and it like, seems to be like a stumbling block then too and like moving forward with like the healthy things that we should be moving forward in in our lives and sure um so a question that i had that we um have talked about a little bit but wanted to see if you could kind of jump in a little bit more is the idea that um you know balancing trusting god and then when you read things you know, in the Bible, it says mm -hmm. not to be anxious. So then you're anxious about something, but now you're also thinking that you're disappointing God because you're anxious about something, but just praying hasn't removed that anxiety about a situation. So what, what do you do? <laughs> there's a, well, there's so much to that. It's a really good question. And there's a lot to it. So you might have to pull you back in because I have a lot of thoughts going through my head. Um, I think first is we have to not get focused on failing God. I think we get locked into condemnation. So if he died to free us from guilt and shame, and we are no longer condemned, I think that a big component of dealing with anxiety is believing that. Um, more than we believe our feelings in a moment. Because I think that's, you know, the constant battle of a sinner, mm -hmm. right? Is mm -hmm. how I feel versus what's real and what is good and true and right. Um, so I've learned to gauge that when I'm feeling condemned or embarrassed or ashamed or guilty, I'm, I would argue that I am not actually experiencing conviction and I want to live in place of conviction mm -hmm. because if scripture says the truth sets me free, then that's, that's the direction I want to head mm -hmm. constantly be moving toward what is true, what is good, what is right about this. And mm -hmm. 
I think that actually the condemnation and the shame and getting locked up in that, to me, that's the enemy's leverage point. Mm -hmm. Right? So if it's a fulcrum, in a sense, you know, where's our fulcrum? If I've moved too far in that direction, it's going to tip toward that. If I can recognize that and say, wait a minute, where do I get the balance in my head? And what's the truth? What does God actually say about me? I call it the owner's manual. We've Mm -hmm. got the same owner's manual, right? Mm -hmm. So if I go to the owner's manual and I choose um, to acknowledge truth over how I feel, because deep down, I'm always going to feel at some level not enough, less than that I'm failing God. I mean, how... How could I feel otherwise if I recognize I'm a sinner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also think another <clears throat> point in that is it's the I that's the problem in that conversation in a sense. So if it's how I feel or what I've done, what I've done right or what I've done wrong, and I decide that I failed God instead of accepting I have his unconditional favor, and it's just simply that, okay, I failed at something, and that's a normative part of growth, um, life experience, maturation, right? If you think about when um, you and I have kids, when our kids were toddlers learning to walk, did we shame them when they fell down? Or did we encourage them to get back mm-hmm. up and keep going? And it's interesting to me because I think a lot of the time then we go to God with a lot of shame Instead of, okay, do I trust him to convict me of what is true or what I need to change? So I definitely am a very um, assertive personality. Um, I won't look to try to take charge, but I'm not afraid to be in charge. I can be um, a little too independent. And I really start to rely on me if I'm honest. I start to rely on me to feel good. I start to rely on me to handle it. I start to rely on me for all the decisions. And that is an absolute recipe for me for anxiety. It's Mm -hmm. when I can step back, right, Mm -hmm. and say, wait a minute, who is God? What do I believe? And we can pray for trust. We can pray for faith. Mm-hmm. I don't pray for him to remove my anxiety, actually. Um, I pray for, help me to trust you in this circumstance because I'm not, or I would have peace. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't have anxiety. Um, what that requires of us is honesty. And it's, have you ever noticed how hard it is, like when you're ashamed or embarrassed, to just be honest? Mm-hmm. Right? Like it shuts mm-hmm. you down. Right. So sometimes we have to push through the lie of shame to get to the point of being honest about us, our behavior, what we're really thinking. And it's a lot of self-coaching. So it's me being accountable in my head that I'm in charge again of my life instead of doing what I'm responsible for and letting God be in charge of my life. And I coach myself with, hey, Smaga, why don't you let God be God today and you just be Smaga? I tend to do a lot of self-talk with some, you know, humor. Um, And I think that comes up a lot if you go back to scripture and it's 
Does it say to take a few of your thoughts captive or take them captive on Monday or make sure you do on Sunday at church? Mm -hmm. It says take every thought captive. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's kind of funny because when I was growing up, I thought, oh, they're talking about those naughty thoughts mm -hmm. like sex and, you know, whatever. And it's, it's really funny to think back on that, but to come to a point where I realize Scripture means what it says, every thought, because it's that one thought that slips through that's mm -hmm. just crap, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That starts to, it can be very destructive. So um, if you think about a thought in and of itself, it's just a thought, right? The problem is if we don't take it captive, if we don't filter it and say, is this true? Is this good? Is this right? Mm -hmm. We leave ourselves in that. We give ourselves permission to get some buy-in. And then every time you think a thought, if you think a thought enough times, it becomes a belief. Mm -hmm. And we have so much, um, we have so much room for just bad theology in the Christian walk, I think. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so if I think this thought, I haven't taken it captive. I think it again. I don't get captive i think it again it becomes a belief and what if it's not even true yeah mm -hmm. but now i'm going to operate out of that belief so it comes becomes what we call maybe an internal narrative mm -hmm. so and we are story we live in story we talk in story some of us more than others but but we live in a story if you really mm -hmm. think about it a really beautiful one that is quite a struggle but it is a oh i get emotional it's a beautiful story in Christ that he gives us. But my story, if I don't understand how I'm responsible to check in and be aware of the stuff can become very warped mm -hmm. and very dirty and very ugly and very negative. And we will operate out of these narratives that just fuel the anxiety that fuel, um, I'm not some big on talking about self-esteem because then you have to talk about should we esteem ourselves. I'd like to talk about worth and value, mm -hmm. knowing our worth and value in Christ, right? So a negative narrative attacks that. It creates the shame. It mm -hmm. creates depression. Like we have a lot of responsibility for our thought life. So anybody struggling with that, that's that's just a basic thing we're going to tackle is what are you telling yourself? How do you talk to yourself? Like, I'll ask you, when you're in a very negative self-talk space, you don't have to tell anybody on camera what you say, mm -hmm. but if a friend spoke to you the way you do, what would you do with that friend? Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you keep mm -hmm. that friend? Right. And that's not what you're looking for either. Like... When you tell someone you wouldn't want somebody saying all those things back, you'd want them to be yeah. saying truth. <laughs> you'd break up with that friend if you're mm -hmm. intellectually honest. The problem is you can't break up with yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's we don't really have that option. Mm -hmm. I'm stuck with me. When I put mm -hmm. my head on that pillow at night and I can't distract myself with busyness or doing other things, I'm stuck in a relationship with me. I cannot mm -hmm. break up with me. Right. So it would stand a reason it's really important to consider how we talk. If you think about our thoughts as how we talk to ourselves, about ourselves, about life, mm -hmm. uh, about God, because mm -hmm. we run around promoting a lot of things about God that aren't actually accurate. Mm -hmm. And so if 
I am not going to what's accurate, how could I expect to feel secure in the relationship with him? Mm-hmm. Where's my assurance? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have, uh, this is a hard question. I'm sure not. <laughs> but like, so that all makes sense and is a plan for sure as far as my faith walk mm-hmm. goes. But where is like the line of like, where therapy comes into play, like with anxiety that's, you know, like if I have anxieties about, you know, my relationships or something like that, that, that I'm just picturing going a certain way and it's making me anxious or about, you know, something, but then there's like these other unrealistic things. Like what if I get in a car crash today or what if, you know, something happens to one of my kids, like how, and where does like, I, you know, I want to pray and I want to take those thoughts captive, but there's also like a, like a counseling perspective too with that isn't there or is it all just (laughs) so I would gently challenge you with this question what's the difference Mm. because even if it's it would be let's say you have your rational thoughts chronically and people genuinely struggle Mm -hmm. with this stuff uh, about getting in car accidents Mm -hmm. I think is when you mentioned yeah do you just let that linger Think on it and obsess about it and imagine it. Do you give yourself permission to do that? Because intervention-wise, what I would say is then which, you know, what's the replacement behavior? So it is to speak truth into the irrational thought because that's not a rational thought. So that's another way to think about it that you would hear more in the coaching or therapy world, rational versus irrational thoughts. So we can use different language to talk about it. But the interventions, in my mind, look very much the same. Mm -hmm. You have a relationship with Christ, and I do, so we can talk about this as two believers. If you came to me to talk about this today and you weren't, the difference might be the language I used. You know, what's Mm -hmm. true? What's rational? What's irrational? Mm -hmm. Do you give yourself permission to kind of perseverate on the irrational? Because I think a lot of us um, do. Mm-hmm. We like, and man, I mean, I can do the full on visual played out in my head. I got a movie like, <laughs> in my right. head yeah. and I'm going to play it to the ugly end in mm-hmm. my head. And I have to give myself permission. The flip side of that is I think where we get stuck a lot is we tend to focus on stop doing that. I, I've got to stop feeling anxious. I've got to, you know, but we right. don't actually focus on what should I do instead. So right. my encouragement to everybody would be if if, if you and I are out at a restaurant um, and you're married, I'm single, but if we were two single girls out at a restaurant and I said to you, don't look now, but two o'clock is hot, what would you do? Like, two, two you o'clock. You'd look. And yes. I'd be like, stop it, stop it, I'm going to know. And yeah. it'd be really more because I was like, stop it, stop it, stop it, now he's going to know. Okay. So the brain cued either way, mm-hmm. and that right. this is this is more of a neurological um, kind of conversation. I won't go into that neurobiology, and I'm no expert in that. I've worked with people and had the the pleasure of training under people who are. But you're cueing the brain to the behavior regardless. That's why mm-hmm. we would tell our kids stop. Blah, blah, blah. Right. If you think about it, it almost never works. Mm-hmm. Stop hitting your sister. They look at you and go, whack, one more time. (laughs) It's very different to cue the brain to the behavior you want. Mm -hmm. That's good. 
Does that, mm -hmm. so this is a critical, critical thing to consider. So I might say for me, I'm feeling anxious in the circumstance. So my cue is, Lord, help me depend on you. I know I can trust you. I'm cueing the brain to what is true mm -hmm. and good and right. So somebody right. who is not walking that or doesn't have that belief system can still at least say, well, wait a minute. Do I really need to be afraid of a car accident when I leave today? Is that realistic? Like, yeah, and the truth but... might be, you know, I'm a good driver. If you're not, I guess that's another problem. <laughs> but you can work right. on that. You yeah. can become a better driver. Mm -hmm. That's an option. Mm -hmm. So um, if it's, you know, I can remember years ago I got hit. Somebody ran a four-way stop and hit me. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable when I would go through that same area mm -hmm. to not just, and I wasn't quite as relaxed a driver for a significant amount of time. And when I would feel that come up, instead of going, oh, you're being silly, Sharon, just stop that. That's dumb. I would just say, okay, you had this experience and it happened and it was not, it was scary, but you were ultimately fine. It got resolved. And you're, you may be a little jumpy, a little jumpier than you were before as a driver. Mm -hmm. And then I shift, would shift it into, however, maybe that also will make me a better defensive driver, a little more aware. So I don't have to be nervous. I can just choose to be aware instead mm -hmm. of freaked out. Mm -hmm. So we make choices in how we think. Well, and it, what you said, I think is like piecing that together as you've talked about this, like one of the first things you had said is I don't really pray about not being anxious. I pray about helping me to trust. I think you had said that when we started talking, I don't know if it was another conversation, but you had said that. And at first I'm like, well, but I usually do, you know, I think, you know, when it comes to like prayer language too, when we pray, like, you know, heal this or, you know, help with that, you know, we're, we're talking about these things, but like you said, in this whole language of anxiety, you're talking about replacing certain thoughts and that, when you're talking about that, and then looking back at this prayer language, it's really like, Lord, help help me to, you know, like, um, I, I want to feel confident. So, Lord, give me confidence. Lord, give me peace. Things like that, that you're like, where you want to be, not not naming this anxiety and pulling that, like, pulling, pulling your foot. Like you said, if you look at 2 o'clock, if you say 2 o'clock, you're going to look at 2 o'clock. And if you keep saying anxiety, it's hard to get your brain to stop thinking you're reinforcing anxiety. it yeah and so when you start thinking mm -hmm. those other thoughts instead mm -hmm. so recognizing when you're kind of having those feelings and trailing off and putting the things instead mm -hmm. like you said like that's that was so that's really good <laughs> I thank you I think when I was um younger in my walk I kind of wanted God to be that genie in the bottle mm -hmm. like Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, rub, 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 come out and fix this, lift mm -hmm. me from it, like, you know, just, and it doesn't really work that way, I learned. <laughs> it's more about the walk, the relationship with him, and um, a word that I think a lot of us are really afraid of, which is being surrendered to him. I think for a long time, I thought that meant he was kind of like this power control freakish god in the sky and i surrender you're gonna make me go be a missionary in africa like what are you gonna do to me you're gonna ruin my life do i really have to do that to prove i love you and and to learn that it's you know to recognize instead well wait a minute um he's gonna give me the desires of my heart 
He knew me in my mother's womb. He built me with certain gifts to participate in the body of Christ and administer to others. So if he wanted me to go be a missionary in Africa, he'd have probably given me that desire. (laughs) It took me so long to just relax and say, I love what you built me for. It's what I gravitate toward. Mm -hmm. So I want to walk that with you on a daily basis. And through that, I learn and grow and you teach me. Um, I think about how simple it is sometimes and I forget to do it. It's so simple. We can pray for greater faith. We can pray that we would learn to trust him more. We can pray for wisdom. And he says, just ask me, I'll Mm -hmm. give it to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I often will just pray. There's a story in the New Testament. Uh, I don't remember. I'm not, I'm not good with numbers and books and references. I, it's a week. It just not, but the story where, um, He's walking, and the father approaches him, talks to him, wants him to heal his son, and he asks him, do you believe? Mm-hmm. And if you just sit with that, it's like, what? And the most profound, th- I just love the way he responds, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And I pray that a lot, a lot, because mm-hmm. I think... Outside of that, what I tend to do is go, I believe, but here's where I'm screwed up and I judge myself for what I cannot believe yet. Mm-hmm. And this man says, he doesn't say, I believe, but I'm going to learn to believe more and I'm growing. He says, I believe you is the mm-hmm. inference, right? You help for the parts where I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful. So I live in that space a lot. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Um or in an area where he's like, do you trust me with this? And I kind of go, well, you have to ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a no if I just get honest with you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? So that maybe is a piece, too, for us as believers. Where Where does your conversation with God just, if he calls you friend, if he calls you daughter, calls me daughter, when do we just get honest with them about mm-hmm. You know, confession, I, I have to believe is for my sake, not his. He's mm-hmm. God. So right. it's always going to come back to the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Knock. If, when I knock and you open the door, that's in Revelation. That's written to the church. It's written to the believer. So, so I feel like, oh, he's saying, yeah, remember me? Mm-hmm. Let me back into your mess. I do mm-hmm. mess. Right? right? Because I can't be, dinous. here's what I experience. I can't be disconnected from God. And not be anxious. I, mm-hmm. I don't do that right. well. Right. I need that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, that foundation. Because outside of that, what I've come to recognize is I'm left to my own devices. And I've seen what my life looked like. Left mm-hmm. to my own devices. It was a dumpster fire. There mm-hmm. might have been glitter involved, but it was still mm-hmm. a dumpster fire. Yeah. It was still in a dumpster. Mm-hmm. So it matters what we think. It matters the words we use to describe what we think. It matters how we talk to one another. Um, Words matter. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not aware of the things I tell myself, then they have power over me Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't have influence over. If I'm willing to be honest and then kind of go to what am I 
working toward what I want instead. Right now, mm -hmm. I've taken the thoughts captive, yeah. and I have something to measure them with. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you know, having I I think identifying those thoughts is like. I think sometimes that's a, a struggle. I know, like, you know, maybe it's not so much a struggle as it is um, not wanting to surrender that and feeling like you want to try to still control it and figure it out yourself. So maybe, you know, some of it's that, but some of it is really like, you know, when you're having these anxious thoughts. And so then getting in the right direction of thinking where you want to be and what, you know, what do you want? What do you want to actually be talking to God about then in that situation? Is it? Where is it focused? Where he wants you to be or what you're... Way. And what if we thought about it as, what does he want for me? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah. instead of it being a... Because I think where he wants me to be can inherently go down a road that's a trap. Um, potentially is a better word. Go down a road that's a trap of my performance. Mm -hmm. But if I ask myself, what does he want for me? Mm -hmm. He has a lot to say about what he wants right. for us. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot about, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, you know, why does this feel icky, you know, when I have this conversation with this person in my life and I kind of gave the feedback, it feels to me like you're taking on a lot of responsibility for what is this person's kind of backpack, if you will, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or their suitcase, you know, you got your suitcase, they got theirs, they should take care of their own and... And they were expressing it just feels so heavy. Then I start to get burned out. And I said, which is interesting because Jesus says to take on my burden, my yoke, mm -hmm. because it's light. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think about that a lot. Like, mm -hmm. and does anxiety ever feel light to you? No. <laughs> to me, it feels like I'm the ox. There's supposed to be somebody else next to me pulling it, mm -hmm. but there really can't be because it's something I'm doing internally. It's mine. Mm -hmm. And I'm dragging this thing around, trying to feel okay, trying to be enough, trying to figure out really creative ways to control it, get rid of it. And that's fine. We can have some coping strategies while we're working it out. But what happens if we don't change our core beliefs and our core thinking? Mm -hmm. Then we just always are wrestling with anxiety, and um, I find that to be exhausting. <laughs> right. Well, it's, and then it's always going to be there's no resolution at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And what he wants for you is never going to not going to be room for it. Yes. Oh. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Because there is that component with anxiety, like if I carry it, mm -hmm. and there's not room for anything else unless I'm willing to kind of put it down proverbially, proverbially, I can't get the word out, proverbially, <laughs> yeah. so that I can receive something, the real mm -hmm. gift from God in that area of my life, maybe. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. and anxiety's hard, because there's a performance, there's so much about anxiety right. we could talk about, just not only <laughs> yeah. one day, but there's this performance component to anxiety in many ways, right? So, and then what we try to do is perform better to get rid of the anxiety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Which is often what's driving the anxiety is I'm mm -hmm. trying to perform and measure up and be enough and 
prove my worth and earn God's favor, even though he says he already gave it to right. me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like this weird performance trap thing. So it mm -hmm. just keeps spinning, spinning, spinning. Yeah. And when I get really bad with it, and I haven't, thank God for a really long time, but I call it blender brain. The more I try to fix it, the higher that's like somebody's over, you know, the old blenders yeah. with all the buttons uh -huh. and somebody's just going, oh yeah, next speed up. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 I can fix this. I can fix this. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. next speed up. And to the point where I would spin it so hard, I couldn't even sleep. Mm -hmm. And my heart would be right. palpitating, you know, racing at times. And mm -hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's so many things, too, that I was just thinking when you had said it. I'm like, ooh, that's a good thing to talk about, too, another time. But that was well, good. Well, we'll talk some more. Good. How's yeah, that? That was good. Okay. <laughs> this has been Sharon Smago with Pop Coach Life, where we are pursuing purpose over perfection. And thank you for joining us. Yes, it's been a lot of fun. You. I love, fun. love, love, love talking with you. Me, too. Because I feel like we just get going and we have these very kind of intellectual discourses where we kind of sift and really sort stuff out and kind yeah. of stuss it out. Dig so in. Yes. I hope Good. we can do more of these. For sure. So thank you, <laughs> thank today you. for your time. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you all for watching and we will see you next time. Take care. <laughs>